you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste, or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products, because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. What is up, you fantasy freaks and geeks? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm your host, James Coe. Join alongside Hall of Famer, fabulous one, Michael Fabiano, MG, Marcus Grant, and the Wiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. Got a big, 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 big show in front of us. Tons of stuff happening in the world of the NFL. We're going to get to that. Something happened in the NFL? Um, Just a couple of things. Hmm. Maybe the top trending thing on Twitter. That's just about it. Don't worry about that. (laughs) That was a slow day. We're going to be talking about um, Lamar Miller, uh, Pittsburgh's Martavis Bryant. We're going to get to some of your mailbag questions as well. And we're debuting a brand new little dealio here on the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. We're calling it the Daily Daps. It's basically us giving daps or props to anything in the world, man. Just doesn't have to be fantasy related. It could be pop culture, movies, books, uh, music, television shows. I'm excited to see uh, what the Daily Daps will be uh, for Marcus Grant, Alex Gilhart, and uh, Fabs. You're going to have to leave us early here, huh, pal? Yeah, well, we got started a little late today, and um, I've got to go and... Thanks a lot, Damashek. He had to win his own <laughs> award, which yeah. you can all watch about on NFL Now and other right. platforms. Good. So basically, uh, yeah, I got to scram. All right. So what happens when you're the Hall of Famer? You're in high demand around. Exactly. Oh, here so we, we will get this uh, podcast going uh, with our very top headlines for the day. Sully, fire it up, my man. All right, we start in New England where NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell has upheld Patriots quarterback Tom Brady's four-game suspension for violating the league's policy on integrity of the game. The saga likely to continue as NFL media insider Ian Rappaport reported Tuesday that Brady will sue. Brady's camp will seek an injunction on the suspension to try to keep Brady 
on the field. Uh, it basically becomes an if and when. Uh, if the injunction is uh, upheld by a federal court, uh, the NFL will have no choice but to allow Brady to continue on playing uh, as this thing is played out in court. If at some point during the season uh, Brady's appeal is is not held up, well, he's going to have to serve that four-game suspension. So if and when is what I'm saying here. Four-game ban, what does it mean fantasy-wise? Marcus Grant, we'll start with you. Well, you know, I, I had him when we, we first heard about the four-game suspension uh, Seems like a lifetime ago at this point. Uh, yeah, I moved him down out of the top ten. I dropped him to thirteen, and I haven't really moved him at this point. I mean, I feel like nothing has changed except that we know now that it looks like he's going to be gone for four games. I, I'm I'm kind of discounting whatever may happen in the court system because who really knows about that? But you know, he's a guy that that still has a ton of value. I mean, he's a guy you're going to draft. He's a guy you can't really ignore. But you know that you're going to miss you know, almost half of the fantasy regular season while waiting for him to come back. So in that respect, you're going to go out and you're going to get yourself a quarterback that you know you can start for the first five or six weeks of the season. Then you bring in Tom Brady. It's it's almost like stashing a first round, not a first round, but it's like stashing a QB1 in your back pocket. Um, But, you know, right now he's just sitting just outside of my top ten. Can I say this? Tom Brady, look, again, we don't know what's going to happen with the injunction. I I hate to speculate on that. That's way beyond my pay grade. But I will say this. If he does serve the four-game suspension, Wiz, um, how much does the offense change? Does that add value to a guy like LeGarrette Blunt, for example? Well, let's not forget he's also suspended. Yes. (laughs) So So you're looking at a Patriots uh, backfield in week one that will have – Maybe Jonas Gray and Jimmy Garoppolo. Wow, not exactly a Super Bowl star studded. Holy cow! But no, but I mean, but but like I said, uh, no matter what happens, uh, does if Tom Brady serves that four game suspension, does it does it add value? Okay, then I'll change it to to the Patriots running game. I don't know that uh, the Patriots are going to change much. Yeah, Bill Belichick has had issues in the past where his quarterback's gone down. Brady went out. For the entire season. I the glorious Matt Castle era. Right. And he came in and won, what, 10, ten games? Ten games. They and, made the playoffs uh, again. He was a pretty decent fantasy quarterback. Sure. You can remember back to actually when Drew Bledsoe got hurt, hit by Mo Lewis. Um, Brady comes in. No one knows who he is. I remember speculating that I didn't think Tom Brady was worth picking up off the waiver wire at that point. And uh, maybe he wasn't immediately, but boy, has he been pretty good yeah. both on the field and from a yeah, I mean, fantasy that, you know, perspective. That's the funny part is that his first few seasons as a starter, he wasn't much of a fantasy quarterback. No, no he was <laughs> a Troy Aikman type. Yeah, exactly. He wasn't, but I mean, what are we talking? We were talking like 3,200, 3,500 yards, was, 30 touchdowns. Obviously, they were winning. Yeah, they were winning before. and they were successful on the field, but from right. a fantasy perspective, he not was great. Like, not See, great. I'm using Brady's ex- uh, suspension to my advantage because. Well, I shouldn't tell you guys this because we're going to... You've already told us. We know how this works. <laughs> Just like in the PPR draft that we're going to talk about, I mean, I'm going to use this, and I'm going to draft him in the 10th round or 11th round. I'll sit on him for the first five weeks because, remember, they have a bye, so he sure. can't come back until they play the Colts. And then I've got one of the 10 best quarterbacks in fantasy football for the rest of my season. The position's deep. Yep. I can go ahead and play the matchups the first four week, or... I got Cam Newton in the mock draft. I'll play him for the first four games. Or you could get Romo and Brady. You can get Roethlisberger and Brady. You can get Ryan and Brady. You could play the matchups if you're in a deeper league. All right, maybe you go Bridgewater. All right, we get it. That's what I'm saying. Just use it. Galhar, let me ask. Let me let me ask you this though. Uh, When Tom Brady, or if and when he serves that suspension, does it hurt a guy like uh, Rob Gronkowski? Uh, You would think it might drop him a little bit, but also. 
Jimmy Garoppolo is probably going to not be a fool, and Belichick and his <laughs> offensive coordinator, yeah. Daniels, are going to make sure he knows where to put the ball, and that's going to be in Gronk's hands because they're still going to need that offense to be successful and move the chains, and he's the best uh, matchup advantage they have on that offense. So I, I don't think it should drop him that much. If anything, He should stay right where he is, basically, ADP-wise. The next headline comes out of Pittsburgh. I guess Pittsburgh-ish. Uh, where's their training camp? Latrobe. Latrobe, Pennsylvania. Uh, Le'Veon Bell had his suspension reduced from three games to two games. Does this move him up, let's say, one spot uh, in your draft board? Could an argument be made that he should be the number one player selected in fantasy drafts? Heck yeah. Yep. Uh, he is my number yep. one guy now. Oh, wow. I love Peterson. I'll take him number two all day long. Okay. But- Two games, I'll, I'll make up for my place with uh, my replacement players, and I'll have Le'Veon for 14 weeks, uh, which would include me going to the championship. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, seriously. I, I mean, look, I, yeah. I'm down with that, too. Okay. I, I, I mean, we all kind of thought that before the suspension, he was the consensus number one overall player. Then the suspension happened, and we kind of waffled. But even then, I don't think I ever had him anything lower than three at any one right. point. Right. Now he's back up to number one for me. I, I think the only thing about it is if you draft Le'Veon Bell at number one, which is perfectly reasonable, that means you may have to reach a little earlier for D'Angelo Williams just to, one, get that handcuff, but also get the guy you know is going to start the first couple weeks of the season. But Pretty solid handcuff, yeah, too. I'm, let me I'm okay a, with that. Let me give you a little stat here. So if you basically look at the numbers that he averaged from a fantasy standpoint last year. That was a beast. And you multiply him by 14 games, he's the fourth best running back last year with more fantasy points than Matt Forte. Last year he had 2,200 total yards, 11 total touchdowns. The guy was an animal. Mm-hmm. And especially in PPR, the yep. guy's just an absolute game changer. He had 850 uh, receiving yards last year. He had 850 receiving and yards last year. That's is crazy. Just, it's just got a shot Which, to be what, even more explosive. Because of Martavis Bryant, yes. also actually uh, helped spark Bell later in the season. The great Evan Silva at Roto World tweeted earlier today when everybody was firing off on the Bell news uh, amidst the Brady news that Bell averaged 26.8 PPR points per game from week seven on that last season. That is insane. That's when uh, Martavis Bryant came into the lineup. That's so not even fair. That's that, not even fair. That offense should be humming when he comes back. He's going to be fresh, and I don't think there's any reason to not take him number one overall. By the way, like either format. you talk about uh, Le'Veon Bell and the 850 receiving yards he had last year. I'm just going to say that the leading receiver for the Kansas City Chiefs was Travis Kelsey with okay. 862. <laughs> <laughs> so, so there you go. Oh, and he had more receiving touchdowns than all of the, all the Chiefs wide receivers. receivers. Yeah. <laughs> with one. He had one. He had one receiver. Receiving touchdown last year. We're talking about Le'Veon Bell. Um, yeah, I mean, look, is he number one? I, I love him. I mean, he, he's a he's a great player in a great offense. But I'm surprised to hear you guys so gung ho about him because I, I remember on this very podcast last week, I thought we were talking about Adrian Peterson being number one. The one game reduction in the suspension that that really just boosts him up the draft board that much. I think well one yeah, but also I just think I, <laughs> I think it's well yeah, it's, it the, does. it's the certainty. <laughs> it's just knowing now what it's going to be. And, True, you know I think that thing just kind of hanging out there made it a little uncertain. Now you know, and you can just move on with. You him. also have to remember too. I mean, Peterson missed four, uh, played fourteen games in two thousand thirteen. Missed four games in 2011. Missed a game in 2010. So at the end of the day, assuming Bell stay, stays healthy, well, he he gets nicked up a little bit. He'll miss a game or two. So at the end of the day, Bell and Peterson could end up starting the same many uh, the same number of games. Oh man, Wiz, can you can you talk me into Eddie Lacy as a number one? 
Uh, I, I, if you want to go safe, because I think he's got one of the, the highest floors in that offense, he's going to get his thousand yards and 10 touchdowns. He's probably not going to win you as many weeks as somebody like Le'Veon Bell or Adrian Peterson. Right. But, uh, and funny enough, I mentioned that Evan Silvestad before, you know, who was number two in PPR during that same span? I'm gonna, Eddie Lacy. I'm going to assume Eddie Lacy. So All right, there you go. I go to the whiz kid from Wisconsin for my Wisconsin Green Bay, Green Bay, Wisconsin stats. I like it. All right, let's go to St. Louis. Uh, Todd Gurley, this is amazing. Todd Gurley is avoiding the pup list. He's going to open camp on the active roster. Most everybody expected the Georgia product to start the season on some kind of inactive list. I mean, maybe missing up to maybe even six games. But that may still be the case, but not likely, because the news suggests we may see Todd Gurley in week one. (laughs) Choo-choo. Get on the hype train, baby. From your lips to God's ears. Choo-choo. Get on the hype train. Where? There it is. That's the the Todd Gurley hype train, folks. Get on or get off. Is that the (laughs) Snowpiercer? Great. By the Let's way, hope not. Snowpiercer. You didn't like that movie? No, I did. I, oh, I like okay. the movie. I don't want Todd Gurley to be on the train. <laughs> <laughs> I want him. I want him to be on a cushy oh first my class gosh. train. He'd run right through all the all the cars in that right to a touchdown. Snowpiercer. Me? If you guys haven't seen weird Snowpiercer, movie, but very good, super weird movie. Yeah. But you definitely, I would definitely say watch the movie. I don't know why I didn't get the pub. Actually, I do know the story. Hey, Captain America's in that movie. Why Chris Evans is in there? Absolutely, it's a great movie. Should have been a uh, should have been marketed more, but for reasons beyond our understanding, it was not. But we move on. All right. So Todd Gurley, uh, look. Uh, where does this move him up now? Because we've seen Todd Gurley go early. We've seen him go late. Uh, I would imagine this solidifies him as a as um, uh, somewhere in the top five uh, rounds, rather. Sure. Uh, does it? Does he move into uh, rarefied air? Does he become a, a third round draft pick? You really need to wait and see what happens during training camp. How he's utilized. Does he actually play in a preseason game? Where we stand today, Fabs. Enough waffling, my man. We don't got fried <laughs> chicken here. I want to know today. It's July. If you have a, I'm going to waffle you have, a whole lot between now and September. <laughs> if you have a draft tomorrow, and we're telling the people, where do you take time? Fifth round. Fifth round. Yes. Marcus Grant. Ooh, yeah. Hmm. I guess I got to go five or six. I don't think about it because I, I have him – I have Gurley currently sitting at number 23, but if you know he really is going to start the year on the active roster, I, I got to move him up. I mean, I was kind of believing that Trey Mason still had a right. little bit of life and a little bit of value, and, and maybe he still does the first few weeks, but if Gurley is going to be there from the jump, then it does. It changes things drastically. Gilhar? Same for me. I once the news, Fifth round? Once this news came out, yeah, I'd be comfortable in the fifth. That might even reach a tad, a tad higher. Uh, I bumped him up to my RB19 right now, and I might even push him higher once we see, like Fab said, what happens in the preseason, things like that. But uh, in you know other types of leagues, and if you're drafting soon, uh, the guy's got crazy talent. And this month will actually be, I was looking into it, nine months he'll be removed from like his surgery, which is right. about the same timetable Adrian Peterson at, was on when he came back in Lofty uh, goals right there. Lofty, lofty goals. Uh, on the flip side of the coin, Trey Mason, how far does he fall? Well, I mean, Mason, even before we knew that uh, Gurley had a shot to be ready for week one, wasn't being drafted until the double-digit rounds. So that's not going to improve. No, it will not. He's really, even before we knew this, he was really just a handcuff if you had Gurley. Yeah, he was probably uh, the most high-profile handcuff. Good player, showed some explosion last year. Absolutely. A little bit of an issue as a pass blocker, but got better as the season wore on. And 
now he just ends up being in the inenviable space that he's in. They drafted who they think, uh, if there's a such thing as a franchise running back, yep. the Rams see Gurley as that franchise running back. Speaking of running backs, let's go to Miami. Could there be a bigger role for Lamar Miller in the MIA? Dolphins coach Joe Philbin said he's comfortable with giving Miller more of a workhorse role in 2015. Miller, how about this? Entering the final year of his contract, and as a result, he also put on 15 pounds of muscle this offseason. If this doesn't sound like a page out of the Mark Ingram playbook, I don't know what does. What do we expect? From Lamar Miller next year. Well, remember, Miller, he didn't get a lot of carries last year. He, no. he didn't have a lot. He just had over 200. So Still in the top 15, So though, he's Pat. making hay. Yeah, he never That's had, what I'm saying. He never he's had more than 19 hay. in a game last season. Based on uh, a smaller amount of touches per game, Jay Ajayi comes in, and people will speculate that he could come in and steal goal line work or steal some carries. And I mean, that's possible, but Miller still seems to me at least to be as close to a featured back as you're going to get in Miami. And adding on a little bit of weight certainly will help him, I believe, uh, in terms of durability and uh, running between the tackles as well. Hopefully it doesn't sap any of that speed that he has. This sounds like a guy who's looking over his shoulder at Jay Ajayi. Right. There and yeah. like, hey, right. Somebody, somebody's coming for my gig right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's also a guy who's trying to secure his gig next year. No, like, you're right. He's in a contract which wouldn't surprise And he's like 23. If so the, young. The Dolphins have never like really put – uh, their chips behind Miller. They didn't, no. uh, you know, they had, they've kind of, like you said, they never give him the carries. No. He hasn't been, they, you don't hear the glowing praise. For I, I had my players. chips behind him two years ago, and I, I was a year too early. You were a little year too soon. You were a little but, bit too soon. Darn it. My point being, this seems to potentially have the fingerprints of a Dallas DeMarco situation where they're like, wow, we have this great running back who we're not going to want to pay next year. Let's just ride him into the <laughs> Let's ground. wear him out. And then kick him out the door. So if you're going to be able to get Lamar Miller as an RB2 and, you know, he had good production last year and bank on maybe that he's going to get a DeMarco Murray, not like 500 outrageous touches or whatever DeMarco Murray had. But, you know, if he sees a big uptick, like 150 extra touches could be huge in fantasy. Alex Gelhar would be the most ruthless real-life GM. I would not want to do that to my player. <laughs> I'm just I'm reading the tea leaves. Ruthless. Um, man, 1,100 yards last year, uh, eight touchdowns. More than five yards of carry. That's crazy. I mean, it's you know, it's funny because we start doing research for the season and, and looking at things. And, you know, I was looking at the Dolphins and looking at Lamar Miller. And at some point in the spring, I looked and I said, wait a minute. Lamar, wait, Mil- Lamar, wait Miller, a minute. Was, Lamar Miller was the number nine <laughs> fantasy running back. I mean, that was kind of the thing. And you start telling people that. And it's yeah. kind of the same reaction. Like, no, he was No, And you look it up. You're like, I, I swear to you, he was. And it just you look at his track record with the Dolphins now entering his fourth year. It's almost like I, I think Miami tried to rush him a little too much, and we we all bought in, you know, about how he could be so great his rookie yeah. year, and and obviously that didn't happen. Then he got a little bit better his second year, and then last year was. was I mean, fantastic. he was fighting off guys like Daniel Thomas for God's sakes. Yeah, but I mean, I just you just wonder whether or not he, you know he had to adjust. He had that learning curve, and we saw it with Mark Ingram, where it took him a few years to finally become the guy we thought he would be coming out of Alabama. And now I, I get the sense that Lamar Miller is kind of headed that way. So. Um, you know, I, I don't I don't put necessarily a lot into guys bulking up and getting bigger. Every year we hear about guys in their training regimen. I'm still bitter about Lindale White and his, I'm not drinking tequila anymore. Um, <laughs> so that part I don't necessarily buy into. But Remember when Lindale White was actually useful in fantasy? Uh, One year when he fell into the end zone ten times. Exactly. Yeah. He was amazing. Yep.
Uh, one more thing about Lamar Brothers. You mentioned it because you said that he was number nine in fantasy, and you're like, wow, I can't remember that. Do you guys – and this is – I feel like I'm drawing and connecting dots like the terrible detectives in True Detective right okay. now. But to make my DeMarco Murray comparison, comparison again, do you remember where he finished in 2013? DeMarco Murray? Among running backs. In 2013? 2013. I'm going to go ninth. He had a pretty good year. He seventh. had a pretty good year. He was yeah. seventh, actually, Amazing. which people forget. So. Yep. Uh, there, there you go. That's my he, hashtag and, and, analysis. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe he missed a few games that he did. season. He only two. played 14. Mm-hmm. I mean, the contract year thing is real, man. It, it's real. Well, it's real. Um, and he is. Sean he's Jackson. in a. He's in a contract year. Uh, he had 215 carries last year. You might be saying to yourself, "Well, uh, how many more carries can he possibly have?" I'm not exactly sure, but I will say this: he he finished in the top 15 last year in terms of carries. So, just outside the top 10. You know who had more carries than him? I was shocked by this. Shocked by this. At 216 carries, Andre Williams, New York really? Giants, 200. So that it does speak to, it does speak to. By the way, did you see a picture of Andre Williams lately? No, is he yoked? Oh my gosh, dude, is he yoked, jacked. All right, okay, jacked like makes me embarrassed to be a man. <laughs> well, don't look at pictures of Adrian. <laughs> oh, it's even worse. Seriously. All right, there you go. Or so, like Brian, right? He's got like four percent body fat now. We're about yeah, to well, get to him. Kid? Jump to him. Yeah, Lamar. So again, the the verdict: Lamar Miller contract year, fifteen pounds of muscle, might get more carries. Could be a very interesting player. Could really pay dividends given one, his price tag. Right one now. more thing about him getting more carries, and we can move on. Uh, Bill Lazor, disciple of Chip Kelly, they yeah. ran a lot of plays last year. Wouldn't be surprised if in a more efficient offense that play total drives up again, giving more opportunities for Miller and others. Might be a very good point. All right, speaking of, you mentioned that stud, young, second-year wide receiver, Martavis Bryant. He looks, quote, amazing in camp so far. Bryant told NFL Media's Albert Breer on Monday that, that he added 20 pounds of muscle to his six foot four frame, so he's two hundred and twenty five pounds. I'm calling him Starscream because he is—he's <laughs> baby Megatron out there, baby. Six four, two twenty five. Are you kidding me? The guy's unbelievable. This is a quote. We threw him a lot of deep passes last year. This is Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger. This is what he told the Pittsburgh Post Gazette. Ben Roethlisberger said we threw Martavis Bryant a lot of deep passes. That was kind of his go-to catch. But now we can throw it to him in all areas. That is scary. How high is this dude's ADP going to climb? Well, first off, Starscream was a terrible teammate because he was always trying to undermine Megatron at every <laughs> right. turn. And wait, the, I was going to make that analogy. Now, too. Hopefully he doesn't undermine us like he undermined who, Megatron. Who ended up whacking Starscream in one of the Transformers movies? Did uh, did Megatron get... Are or, we or talking it, about those terrible no, Michael I, Bay films? I blacked you know what? Out. I actually like the first one. I thought we were talking about the old Come on. animated that's ones. That's what we were like talking about. That's what I was talking about. Um, yeah, but... I, I think he's going to go really high, and every single day his ADP goes up a little bit more. Right. I mean, it's sort of like when you buy a new car, and you never see that car on the road until the moment you're driving it, and then it's everywhere. Like, like the moment one or two people started talking about Martavis Bryant, it was like it, it caught on like wildfire. And I think he's a guy who's going to get. He's going to move up. I mean, he's going to be a guy that you see probably coming off the board in like the fourth or fifth round, just Ooh. because I I think the talk has gotten so much about him, and now we get to if we get to preseason, if he does anything at all in the preseason, what, it's going to be off the charts. Dude, his, what's his ADP right now? Round 14 on NFL.com, which makes no sense to me at yeah, all. That no might, sense. So where does he I, go? Well, well, I mean, If we look at the PPR mock, jump ahead a bit, I got him in round seven. In which day. I think is legit. I think that's, I think that's, that's a legit about point. right, but I just think it's going to go crazy. Mm-hmm. He's 6'4", 225. 
uh, at the combine. He ran a 4-4-40. How many 6-4 dudes can run a 4-4-40? He was unbelievable. Ten games last year. He had 550 yards. Doesn't sound like a lot, but he had eight touchdowns, man. He didn't have a lot of catches, didn't have a lot of yards. I mean, honestly, he didn't have a whole bunch of fantasy points. He's an explosive player who Ben Roethlisberger can look to in the vertical passing game. And an interesting point, there's a column that will come out this week on Friday that I wrote basically projecting targets and uh, touches for wide receivers and looking at how offensive coordinators have used wide receivers during the course of their careers. And if you look back at Todd Haley and the way that he's used wide receivers, I'm looking it up right now, wide receivers have had a lot of success. When he was in Arizona, uh, Anquan Bolden and Larry Fitzgerald were almost always in the top 20 in fantasy points among wide receivers. Fitzgerald finished number one twice under Todd Haley. Last year, Antonio Brown finished number one in fantasy points under Todd Haley. So there is certainly room for Bryant to move into that top 20 among wide receivers in 2015. All right, I'm just going to go ahead and say it. Marshall 1100. We're doing it. <laughs> Here Brian. it is. That's it? There yeah. it is. We're in. All right. There it is. All right. We're in. Marshall 1100. Nah, I don't know. He might. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think it's crazy at no, all. No, no, and, uh, no. Now here's the thing. I'm, here's wait, the thing. I'm tweeting this out, so you better. No, no. Now hold. Now hold on. Now hold on. Now let me give. Let me give you some details here. Marshall 1100. As we know, last year it was a, it was a high heels deal. Uh, if uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I was so on board with DeAndre Hopkins. Clemson as well. Yes. Uh, are both yeah. these guys Clemson guys? Yes. Uh, I was so on board with DeAndre Hopkins. I said, Hey, look, if he doesn't get to 1,100 yards, I'll come on the show, wear high heels. Uh, obviously, he, he he got to 1,200 something. Uh, we ended up having Adam Rank wear high heels, whatever it was. Um, Martavis Bryant, I get it. Uh, a lot of people are going to say, Yeah, Coe's playing it safe this year. So I'm going to make it a little bit more spicy. 1,300. No, no, no. 12. I got to keep. I got to keep the hashtag right. Hashtag March to 11. Wait, spicy? No, it's going to get. Gonna we get don't want to see you in lingerie. No, 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 no. Here's the okay. deal. It's going to be Martavis Bryant versus the Cleveland starting wide receivers of Ooh. Dwayne Bowe and Brian Hartline first Ooh. to 1,100. Ooh. Uh-oh. What Dwayne Bowe plus Brian Hartline. Interesting. What if they don't get to 1,100? It, like year. if no one get if no one no right, <laughs> I mean the Cleveland Browns wide receivers might not get to one hundred yards. By the way, Brian Hartline, uh, I looked this up. Brian Hartline and uh, and uh, Dwayne Bow last year combined for twelve hundred yards. All it's right. not good. I like I like. This, so. All right, so I wait. Like, let me like let me let me get this out and documented on Twitter because right. once it's on oh, social yeah, it's, media, it's coming out. It's done. So you're going March eleven hundred is back with it's Mark back. Davis Bryant versus. Dwayne Bow, the Browns plus Brian. Wait, Hartley. wait, wait. So you're saying Brian? Wait, gets wait, wait. There you said that. Browns wide receivers first. I just meant got, I meant Dwayne Bow and Brian Andrew Hawkins. Brown, no, Brown, Bow and Bow and Hartline. That's fine. Okay. That's well, legit. You know, Hartline's not even a lock to start for that team. I'll go Bow and Hartline first to 1100. Come on. All right. All right. You know what? Who's who's in the uh, the running to to be the number? Two? I just think you should just go March to eleven hundred. Martavis Bryant. It went so well last year. Yeah, but I feel like you're that's making easy. it too complicated. <laughs> I feel like that's, that's what I'm I saying. Feel like that's I feel like Martavis though. Bryant to eleven hundred is almost too easy. He had like. Am I right in saying like 800 that? Eight hundred or whatever last year. Yeah. Yeah. And no, I think that's too easy. I, that's what I was saying. He, well, no, because here's the thing. In ten games, he had five fifty. Five fifty. That's right. So he'd have to. Du- he literally has to double that. It's true. I still say I think it's doable, but I think it's doable. 
I still say just do the why one player, but I'm not the one who's going to have to wear all right, my heels. All right, all right. I tell why you don't what. you just tell you what? Here, why, to, why don't I do this? To cover yourself for Hartline not making it, just okay. say Martavis Bryant versus the top two wide receivers on the Browns at any given time. I'm almost, you know what? I'm almost with Fabs on this because you know what? Unfortunately, we got to do this thing for television too, right? So then we have to do graphics. It's going to be too much. Graphically speaking. Yeah, just do Martavis <laughs> Bryant. All right, all right. We're going Martavis Bryant, March to 1100, straight up. Oh, 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 this is the other thing. Uh, by week 15. Because I can't do it okay. by season's end. Because by season's end, there's no payout. You know what I'm saying? There's no payoff. No one's wearing heels. Okay. You see what I'm saying? All right. So by week 15, March to 1100, lock it up. Let's do it. All, all right. right. Oh. We're on. Okay. Beautiful. I love it. All right. Um. That's it for the top headlines. I know we took a little bit of time there, but that's okay. A lot of news today. Uh, Lots of news today. Good Lord. Uh, Let's talk about the PPR mock results. We just did a PPR mock draft last week. Had a blast. It was my first uh, mock draft of the year. So I had a ton of fun from that. Uh, Alex, I know you're going to be writing a a big write-up on this. Is it out already? It's up. Okay, NFL.com slash fantasy. And, of course, go to the website, NFL.com slash fantasy. Sign up today to do mock drafts, to sign up your league. Just do everything you want to do fantasy-related, NFL.com slash fantasy. we got a draft kit up there as well. Alex Gellhar has this great uh, little piece on uh, on how, on how, basically how the, the mock draft uh, played itself out. Actually, Marcus and I do a little back-and-forth banter in yes, the rounds. Yes, absolutely. I, I love it. Picks what did you see picks. there? What, what are the trends you saw there, guys? Uh, one, I was surprised that there was only one wide receiver in the first round. Uh, I really thought there would be more. I mean, I knew it was going to be running backs at the top. That's usually how it goes. Not a surprise there. Le'Veon Bell, number one overall pick. That, a little bit of a surprise, but the, not not terribly. And obviously, this was before the, the news, news came out broke right, out, uh, right. about his uh, suspension being reduced. But the fact that Antonio Brown was the only wide receiver in the first round, right. that one caught me by surprise a little bit. I, 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 Galhar, you got a steal, bro. Uh, you got Eddie Lacy late in the first. I did. I got Eddie Lacy at number seven, which I was happy to get because he, you know, was going to get forty or fifty catches in that Green Bay offense. And like I said, he's got a safe floor. Otherwise, I, you know, it's PPR, so you push it pushes pass catchers up the board. However, like a lot of these top backs are also good pass catchers. Right. So I think all of the drafters, for the most part, did not want to miss out on one of those guys. You look at the ones that all went in the first round. Even Lynch last year caught like 30-some passes. Yeah, so. but, I mean, that's like a, a career year for him. Yeah. I, 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 you got to think he's going to drop back a little bit in terms right. of the number of passes caught. But Marcus Grant took uh, Jamal Charles, number three overall. I took Aaron Rodgers. I told you all I'm going to do it. Of course. Number nine. Number yeah. nine, Aaron Rodgers in the first round. Uh, obviously the first so wait, so quarterback off. Who did your running backs end up being? C.J. Anderson. Which ones? Okay. And then, and then oh, a got, litany of upside guys. You got Jay okay. Stu in the sixth, which okay. was a good good pick. But then, yeah, uh, David Johnson uh, of Arizona, Tevin Coleman, Niall Davis, LeGarrette Blunt, Jarek McKinnon. There's some decent ones in there. Somebody's got to pan out, right? Somebody. Well, luckily you don't have to play the league out, so. Yes. <laughs> there <laughs> is that. a very good point. But it, it is a good example of here's what you could end up with. After the first two rounds, I was so excited. I had the number nine pick. And I told y'all I was going to do this. Aaron Rodgers, number nine, the turnaround pick, I got C.J. Anderson. I thought my all-cal team was starting to formulate quite nicely. Then someone was a jerk and took Justin Forsett. That would be Matt Harmon. 
What a jerk. Which, get, bring us back, uh, was interesting. In the PPR league, Harmon opened it up. He had the number one pick. He took Le'Veon Bell to start and comes yeah. back around at the turn. Yeah. DeMarco Murray fell there, which How is just insane, insane value. Insane value. And then uh, Love it. there were a lot of great wide receivers left. Randall Cobb, A.J. Green, Mike Evans, Jeffrey. That's Hopkins. what I'm saying. But uh, Harmon took an interesting strategy and grabbed Justin Forsett, who should no. get a ton of receptions. That's in a Mark terrible strategy. Why would you do that? And now he's got. You're just mad he took a cow guy. Of course. Yes. <laughs> I was like, oh, Justin Forsett's falling to them. It seems counterintuitive sure. in a PPR league, but however, he's got two starting running backs and a good flex spot. And yeah. if DeMarco Murray gets injured or Le'Veon, he can start Forsett with Le'Veon Bell's on his suspension. It's uh, It was interesting, but it worked out well for him. All right, so here's Fabiano's team. It's Arian Foster. He had the one, two, three, four, fifth overall pick. So Arian Foster. Uh, Demarius Thomas, Mike Evans, Andre Ellington. That's your one, two, three, four. Upside guys, TJ Yeldon, Amir Abdullah. Boom. I like it. And again, keeping with his late quarterback theme. Oh, and look at who I stole. Round 10, Cam Newton, round 10, Tom Brady, round 11. Boom. There you go. That's why you do it. Um, I like it. Uh, he ended up with Steven Hauschka, uh, obviously one of the top two or three uh, kickers in the game in round 14. Uh Defense, Broncos, but who cares? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. Uh, Marcus Grant. Well, did you Fabs, like your team? I was going to say, we just ran over Fab's team. Oh, what Fabs, did you, did you, you like that? Team? What did you How did you feel going through the draft? I know one thing, that Andre Ellington in the in the several mock drafts that I've done already, yeah. I've almost always gotten him because I feel like people are overlooking him in a PPR league. Fourth round. This is a guy who can catch 50 passes out of the backfield. He was a top 25 running back last year, and he missed time due to injuries. And, and he I know was David in Johnson, and out of that lineup. I know always David Johnson is in the mix there, but if you look, uh, Bruce Arians, you know, he likes to use one running back. He's not going to use a right. complete committee there. So Ellington's bulked up a little bit during the offseason. So if he we'll can see. stay healthy, man, he's, he's a one very of the guys player. that could be a pretty good bargain, but. My strategy doesn't really change. Uh, I go after the running backs and the wide receivers early. Uh, Mike Evans and Demarius Thomas, I mean, as a one-two punch, two of the top ten wide receivers in fantasy football last year in my starting lineup. Like so, I said, I, I'm not touching Arian you know, Foster. You know what? There's just no Why? Way. What is wrong with Arian Foster? He, all he's the ever age, been is great. The age, the injuries, man, it's starting to catch up. All, I, just, I just don't believe he, in He was Foster. a top five running back last year. And I he hear you. three games. I hear you. How I, is that catching up to I him? I absolutely hear you. But the problem with running backs is that they fall off of a cliff, man. You know what? Why don't uh, you go tell it to Frank Gore? And Marshawn. Who I was, who I was <laughs> and Adrian Peterson. Thrilled it doesn't always happen. To get it in, doesn't always happen. in round four. Uh, I don't want to toot my own horn too much, but I loved this toot, lineup toot. that I got. Go, go. Uh, Eddie Lacy in the first round, like yeah. I said, came around. I took Julio. Uh, the only wide receivers taken ahead of him were Brown, Des Odell Bryant, Beckham. Odell Beckham, and yeah. then Julio. I think Julio could have a monster year monster. in that Kyle Shanahan offense, especially in PPR. Even if he doesn't maybe get his insane yardage total from last year, easily get north of 100 receptions. I think 100, I think 100 catches, 1,500 and yards, and, and eight or nine touchdowns speaking of is totally Speaking of 100-catch guys. Our boy, DeAndre Hopkins. There he is. Huge on him last year. Duke! Took him in the third with all the targets gone from Johnson. Love that. Frank Gore in that offense. Everything is glowing about him. He is the ageless wonder. Uh, He's going to have the easiest rushing time of his career, not to mention being able to catch... All he's got to do is not get hurt, and he should have a monster. And he'll have a really good year. Especially, don't sleep on him in PPR too, because the 49ers didn't throw him the ball. He'll probably catch a lot of checkdowns from. I know that I am 
I'm, I'm very are, preferential towards are you, younger players. Are you looking There's at? I was no wondering if you were, I'm taking Frank Gore in the fourth round. I was There's wondering no if, way. if you were jumping to my next pick, though. <laughs> <laughs> you are noted. Gelhart hating. I us. I hate your team. I just realized <laughs> I hate your team. In the fourth round, you took Gore. In the fifth round, you took C.J. Spiller, son. Darn right, I did. Oh, what are you doing? Marks and I were talking about this. Okay. Backs like Spiller shoot yeah. up draft boards in PPR. Yeah, yeah, because, yeah. No, no, uh, yeah, absolutely. In a, in a standard league, I think I would look askew at him if he took C.J. Spiller <laughs> in the fifth round. But here in the PPR league, it's a great pick at number 47. I love that pick. What, what is he doing? Is he is he going to get 50, 60 catches? What, what's he? More he, might get, he might get 70, 80 catches in that offense. Ooh. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, and then on down, I I went uh, for upside here, like we talk about yeah, later. Allen Robinson, guy I love. Martavis yep. Bryant, I got yep, him. Yep, yep. Uh, scooped up some pass catching backs later. Like by, by the way, a lot of folks have asked about Shane Vereen. Uh, give me your project. You you drafted him. Um, give me a projection on on Shane Vereen. I don't. I'd say he'd probably get around. What's his role in that offense, and what do you see him doing? You remember Dave Meggett? Love Dave yes. Meggett. There you go. Uh, he, he'll probably get you know anywhere from seven hundred to a thousand total yards, and in a PPR, you'd figure he'll get. Maybe forty or fifty catches in that offense it coming in on the third down work, other packages, two minute drills. Uh, so it's a speculative ad. He's my what running back four or three. Or I mean, four, to I guess get three, four, four. Uh, Vereen as a three or a four in a PPR league is pretty good. Yeah, right. I agree. You're doing pretty well there because and you've had a man crush on David Cobb for a while, so you drafted him. Yep, I don't, I will reach for him all over the place. There you go. All right, out of baby. How about you, Grant? Uh, well, I love my squad. <laughs> I do. I love my squad. Jamal I, Charles, number three. The, the Jamal Charles at number three was a tough call, not because I don't like Jamal Charles, but he was still there. Matt Forte was still there. I mean, there were still so many really good backs there that it was kind of hard. I went with Jamal Charles. Andy Reid, running it, back, PPR. Right. Can't go Rich wrong. drafter problems right there. Right, exactly. So <laughs> I, I do think that I, I like that one. Came back around. Gronk falling in my lap at number 18. I mean, that was a surprise, and it was hard to pass that one up. Even with Jimmy Garoppolo there, you know, as as Gelhar mentioned earlier in this podcast, he's going to be smart enough to throw the ball to Gronk. If he knows nothing else, they're going to be like, hey, just throw the ball to Gronk, and you'll be fine. Um, but after that, the one surprise, uh, another surprise was was Alfred Morris in the fifth for me, just because I didn't think he'd still be there. And I know he's not a PPR guy. He yeah, that's a lot of where passes, it comes to. Yeah. It, it, but he's still so back, good. Look back at his three years. He's still been a top 15 PPR right. player. Yeah. And you know, back. he still gets a lot of carries. He gets a lot of yards. And even if he doesn't catch a ton of passes, he'll still produce. I think so. that just speaks to the run on the pass catchers, though, because he was yeah. still only the RB19 in yeah. the fifth round. So that means in you know rounds two through four was when you just saw a load of wide receivers go. No, in you're that, right. In and, and you know what? I want to look this up too, Marcus, because I want to make sure that I'm giving people out there the correct info. So last year he was – he was in the top, let's see, top 20. He wasn't in the top 15, but he was top 20 in PPR leagues. So th- this is not a guy who should be falling down that far just because, oh, my gosh, he's he doesn't catch the ball out of the backfield. Uh, the previous two years – yeah, he he's he's right in the same right in that same area. So he's an RB two, no matter what you do. Right. That's no, funny. I, I'm 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 down with I, that. I oh. will say this though, Marcus. I'm going to call you out, pal. Okay. How dare you take Alfred Morris and you didn't rep the yay? You passed on Latavius Murray. Really, bro? Yeah, but you got to rep the yay. That was what's, a tough, what's wrong? With that you, was son? actually a tough call because I did look at the two of them and I thought, yeah, how okay. do you pass on Latavius? 
You're from the Bay Area, man. Because track record. I mean, really, was it really is what it came down to? It came down to track record, and Morris has a longer one than there Latavius Murray. And, That's I, true. and I, but see, I followed it up by taking Amari Cooper. Okay. So okay. That's okay. Yeah, um, I like it. You know, I, I, Drew Brees falling to the seventh round Amazing. You know, surprises me. Amazing. Um, you know, getting you Josh know Brown. you're in an experts league when Drew Brees falls to the seventh round. I think that was still a shock, even in this league, as a yeah, shock. I, um. I, I'm, I'm, I was going to take him, too, if you didn't grab you know, him. That's I'd, like the running joke in these mocks is that everybody sees Drew <laughs> slipping and is like, shh. <laughs> you know, I took tell anybody else Drew Brees is slipping. I yeah, took, I took a couple of later flyers. I got Dorial Green Beckham in the tenth. You know, which could potentially pan out. Who knows? We'll see okay. what happens. Then you went back to the EA. Uh, I did. I, well, I, I actually I got I, Reggie Bush. I had a little Trojan trio. Here oh, with, uh, that's right. Sir, okay, Sir Reginald, about that. Sir Reginald Alfred Bush the second, followed by uh, Buck, Buck Allen. Allen? Which I think I think I'm drinking your Kool Aid there, you James Co. After you, you were so big on uh, on Buck <laughs> Allen, uh, the Carson Palmer wasn't really planned; it just sort of happened. But uh, you went Reggie Bush, Buck Allen, and Carson Palmer. all in a row, <laughs> all in a row. Where did you go to school? Fabulous, uh, Cal State Northridge. That is um, fabulous. Uh, true. <laughs> so. Uh, but on the whole, I, I like the squad. I like the mixture of, of what I think are proven guys versus the upside I get there. I didn't All realize right. that you took more SC guys than I took Cal guys. Yep. I didn't realize that. Well, That's yep. interesting. Boys, I need to leave. Goodbye. All right, so pal. Go TA. All right. The, here he goes. Enjoy Hall and make sure Michael Fabian. I'll mention your. We'll get your daily dap in. Yeah. There you go. Crooked I like it. Um, let's see. Let, let's take a look at my squad real quick. Aaron Rodgers, CJ Anderson, one, two. So I thought I was. I was through the moon, man. I was like, "Hey, the the the, air, the quarterback, um, Cal player guy. I'm just gonna go for it. I'm going for it." And then round three came around for some reason. I took Jimmy Graham. I don't know why. It's kind of where your draft went off the rails. <laughs> I don't know why. You were like rocking back and forth on it because you had some great picks and then some questionable ones. Oh, we were all wondering. A ton of questionable were ones. Your, were your pain pill- pills hitting in <laughs> around round nine when you took Jalen Strong? Let's wait, let's just get to the, <laughs> let's get to the crux of the issue here. Okay. That we're talking about a PPR draft. Yeah. And you have three wide receivers. I have three wide receivers. What did total. You, what did you learn, James? <laughs> what did you learn? <laughs> how, tell, tell the people how many running backs I have on my squad. You all of you them. Have six. You I have, have seven. You have you have <laughs> all I have of them. seven running backs. A, a two quarterback. I have three wide receivers in a PPR. Oh God, you do That's have seven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Makes no sense. Uh, Jimmy Graham. That that pick in the third round threw off my entire draft. And this this happens in real life, man. Yeah. You know, you get that one bad pick, and you're just you, you're playing catch up for is the why, next three or four rounds. Why you mock? Exactly. NFL.com/slash/fantasy. Go do the mocks right now. What I should have done, and what I was thinking of right there, was take Emmanuel Sanders, who went one pick after. He went one pick after. I tried to stretch that pick. That's my bad. Yep. So instead, I went Brandon Cooks. So if I went Aaron Rodgers, C.J. Anderson, Emmanuel Sanders, then Brandon Cooks, I'm actually looking pretty dang solid yeah. uh, through four. You could have scooped up any number of tight ends late. Tyler, right, exactly. Tyler Eifert went in 11. Ertz went in 12. Nope, 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 nope. See, you're, you're messing up my Cal drafting strat. I'm going Richard Rodgers. Richard Rodgers, Richard Rodgers is always going to be there. Right. He's going to be there in the 50. He'll, he'll I'll, I'll, how could I I'll take Richard Rodgers in the 50. So I messed it up. All right. So I apologize. Anyways, that's the that's – the mo- hey, I will say this. Big props to our producer, Haitham Kalani, man. Good team. Holy we mentioned that in the, in the rundown. Wow. Adrian Peterson, number two. He followed that up with Calvin Johnson, Andrew Luck in the third. Yeah. I said in the write up that he has a chance to have the what? top scoring player at every main position. He has Adrian Peterson, Calvin Johnson, Andrew Luck, Lamar Miller, Melvin Gordon. That's his top five picks. 
and you can mess up every pick beyond then, and you're still going to be competitive. But follow that with Jarvis Landry. And, and then he so. got Aguilar later. Right. He got Darren McFadden in the eighth, who if he wins that backfield, that's great value. I, I like it. It's and, a good, it was a good draft. He really, to me, I think he won the draft. That's, I mean, that's if just I had to pick somebody outside of my own, I would probably pick his as well. Yeah. He, he's got, I mean, you talk about floors, Gelhar. This guy's floor uh, in, in terms of his team. I mean, his floor is awfully Which, high. So, by the way, so big ups to Hytham Kalan. You gave me a hard time about having, you know, three Trojans on my roster. Yeah. Uh, I was going to take Nelson Aguilar had Hytham not picked up one <laughs> spot ahead of me in the ninth round. So there's that. There's that. Because I I, even I only took three Cal guys. I took Aaron Rodgers, C.J. Anderson, and, and Deshaun Jackson. I really wanted Justin Forsett and Richard Rodgers somewhere in the mix as well, but oh well. Anyways, that was our uh, PPR mock. You can find that on NFL.com slash fantasy. All right, let's get to... The mailbag. Let's get to it. Get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. Yeah, baby. Zach Wood at ZWood20 asks, who do y'all predict to have a better season? By the way, he did say y'all, so I'm not just throwing out my (laughs) fake Texas accent right now. But who do y'all predict to have a better season, Eli Manning or Matt Ryan? Matt Ryan last year, QB6. Eli Manning, QB9. But uh, who has a better year this year? I'm going with Matt Ryan. Uh, I, I think what what they have in that offense, I, I just I feel a little more comfortable with the Falcons' offense than I do with the Giants' offense. They're so much more dynamic in the backfield now. No, 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 no disrespect to Steven Jackson, but he was at that point in his career yeah, I mean, more of a was... plotting type dude. They've got two guys now back there: Devontae Freeman and, and my boy Tevin Coleman. That could just absolutely explode. So you're right. I, I do like that. But Eli Manning, man, he's getting that. He's getting that. That groove back, he's sneaky good. Yeah. That's the thing. He's, he is sneaky uh, good. I, I actually, um, I was, I just wanted to double check, but I do have Eli Manning higher than Matt Ryan in my rankings, and uh, I'll throw out a good stat from uh, Matt Harmon's piece. He okay. uh, wrote, he's talking uh, sophomore receivers. You can read them all NFL.com/fantasy. Uh, Eli Manning with Odell Beckham in the lineup improved his touchdowns per game, yards per game fantasy points per game and dropped his inter- interceptions per game by a wide margin. Uh, it's funny how that happens. When you have a great player. <laughs> uh, and the last time, funny how look, that looking ahead, we're hearing good things about Victor Cruz coming back. I mean, yeah. if Prince of Mukamar is to believe, be believed that he looks He's faster than ever. fast as ever. Right. Smoke, smoke is yeah. everywhere on that one. However, <laughs> if Cruz comes back and is moderately healthy, the last time Eli had a one-two punch on the level of Odell Beckham and Cruz was when he had Cruz and Knicks in 2011. He was the QB6 that year. I, so I like that's it. why I uh, he's a quarterback I'm going to take late in a lot of drafts and other things like MFL 10s and stuff like that. Uh, I just like his potential in that retooled offense, second season under Ben McAdoo. Ryan's learning a new system now. Granted, it's a good one. Yeah, it is. But um, I, I'm, I'm going to take – I think we know more what Ryan is, and I think Eli might have a little higher ceiling. Yeah, I, I, I would tend to agree with that. I like it there. All right, Lewis Phillips asks, and uh, his Twitter handle is Phillips. Uh, hi, guys. How do you feel about Sam Bradford as a second QB to pick up late in fantasy drafts? Where is he going in mocks currently? Thanks. Uh, I mean, sure. Late, late. Yeah. My fantasy draft. Um, he didn't get drafted in our league, did he? He did no. not. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just think there's so many questions about Bradford with a new team. He's coming back off, you know, a couple of knee surgeries. Okay. Um, you know, there's but that offense, man. There's a lot of upside there. There is plenty of upside there with Sam Bradford. It's just, you know, you know, how confident are you that he's going to be there for you? Now, I guess the good thing is you're taking him late. Yeah. So that, you know, you're not expecting him to be your starter week in and week out. But I just, 
I don't know. I feel like with so many quarterbacks out there, we talk every week about how deep the position is. Yeah. I think going after a guy like Sam Bradford with so many question marks is is kind of a concern. And for the record, by the way, he's going in the 15th round. Yeah, I looked behind Nick Foles, Marcus Mariota, Jameis Winston, Colin Kaepernick, and Jay Cutler. That's interesting. I would take him above all those guys personally, even though, like you said, there's a lot of questions. Those are all questions we should get answered. I don't know if I take him above Cutler. Uh, I would. But um, we can get into that <laughs> later. Anyways, I was going to say, like, as a second quarterback, heck yeah. He's going around 15. That's I would reach a little. I haven't taken him in any of our mocks because well, we only go 15 rounds. I right. usually just grab one quarterback. Yeah. But if I'm in a league where I'm going to grab two quarterbacks or I have a little bit more depth on my roster, heck yeah, I'll grab Brad. 12-team league for sure. This guy's going off the board. And, and as he should, to me, for a guy, if he's going to be the quarterback on your bench and, and you're – looking for upside. In in drafts, I'll say this, I've said it a million times, in drafts, that's all you should be looking for. You should look for value. You should look for upside. Taking a guy like Victor Cruz in the 12th round makes absolutely zero sense. Don't do it. Now, now that being said, Sam Bradford, for a guy who is going to be uh, uh, most people's uh, not, not a starter, uh, he's got tremendous upside. Yeah, and if you're thinking about it, actually, like we were talking about Fabs, is getting a different quarterback late and doing Tom Brady. Week one, uh, he plays the Falcons in the in the Georgia Dome. That's interesting. So on a fast track against. By the, the way, he would be rough a tre- secondary. He'd be he'd be a tremendous pick week one in daily fantasy. Yes, a so tremendous pick. He's he's cheap right now too. FanDuel right. released their prices. DraftKings should come out soon. But uh, if you're gonna take if you're gonna try and stream quarterbacks and wait for Brady or do something else like that, Sam Bradford could be a great option. I mean, can can I just say this, Mark Sanchez? Right, Mark Sanchez, folks. I mean, Chip Kelly, the reclamation of Mark Sanchez as a viable fantasy starter. That is crazy. That's crazy. Okay, now what I is mean, he going to do with Sam Bradford? a viable Come fantasy on. starter for a handful of weeks there. Well, he only started a handful of weeks. I mean, I mean, I you get know, it. I mean there was that, that Thanksgiving, the Thanksgiving Day destruction of the Cowboys. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That yeah. He led. There were a couple right. other games in there, but uh, yeah. Were we, are we really surprised he didn't play that well against the Seahawks? No. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. Yeah, no, I got you. All right, we move on. Alexander at Alex Boast. 23. Ask you specifically, Marcus Grant. Justin Forsett or Alfred Morris? Who's a better RB2 for PPR? Well, considering I drafted Alfred Morris and not go. Justin Forsett in our PPR <laughs> mock draft, he hasn't answered that question. You drafted him two rounds later. <laughs> Forsett went, though. Very All right, point. details. But, um... Yeah, I don't know. Here's I, I, the thing. Justin Forsett uh, is in Baltimore. Uh, uh, Mark Tressman's down there now. Mm-hmm. Uh, we saw what Mark Tressman did um, uh, in Chicago, uh, boosting Matt Forte's value, especially in a PPR league. But do you think that success translates from Chicago to Baltimore? Uh, I don't know if they have a back necessarily there that's like Matt Forte. I mean, I think what... What why, are you hating what? on Justin Forsett for? No, I mean, I what like Justin Forsett. I like Justin Forsett. I don't know that Justin Forsett is the kind of pass-catching running back that we saw with Matt Forte. I mean, I think he's a very good back. Yeah, I like have no problem. 45 or 50 receptions last yeah, year. Yeah, not like 100 and whatever. Yeah. Well, whatever. he didn't get targeted as much. I, I love it. Um... I'd say Justin Forsett all the way. All, all day. Um, all day. In the la- And four of Tressman's last five years as an NFL OC, I threw out um, 2003. It was too tough to tell. But his uh, running backs have averaged like uh, just about 5.3 receptions a game. That's amazing. Uh, the last two years with Forte and then with Charlie Garner in 2002 in Oakland. And I think it was Michael That's Pittman crazy. in 2000. So going back even that far, his yeah. running back. Because he took his, his his jump where he was wow. in the CFL and stuff. But yeah, his yeah. NFL offense is 5.3 receptions. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I like it. Four set all the way. Four set all the way. And I, and I will say this. I've been tooting this guy's horn all, all, all offseason. But Javoris Allen, Buck Allen, 
if you take Justin Forsett, just do yourself a favor. I really believe in Buck Allen's talent and his running style. Um, And people say, oh, maybe he can't catch. He can catch, man. I saw a lot of USC games last year, mostly destroying Cal. That's fine. But... (laughs) But Javor's Allen, he can play, man. And if you have Justin Forsett, I'm just saying, ensure that pick with a Buck Allen pick later in drafts. All right, last question out of the mailbag. Kevin White, Mike Wallace. This is from Aaron Herrera, at Aaron underscore five. Yes, Adam Rank. Adam Rank's not even here, man. Uh, Mike Wallace, 850 yards. I was shocked by this. He had 10 touchdowns last year. 10 touchdowns. Kevin White or Mike Wallace? You want to start? Uh, I mean, I've already said I'm on the I'm on the record of saying that Kevin White's on my ride or die. (laughs) So I mean, I guess that kind of makes him my guy. I I like it. I do think Mike Wallace is going to be. I can say I guess I can't say better because he did have the ten touchdowns, but I think he'll be more consistently productive. I guess is a better way to describe it because I think he's in a better situation. And I've read stuff from him in the last week or so saying that he he knows he needs to get better on the field, be a better player, be a better teammate, etc. Am I inaccurate in saying that I, I thought I had read that Mike Wallace was working? out with Teddy Bridgewater uh, yeah, in the offseason. Me. I mean, I, I, I do think he's in a better situation. I think, I mean, I think what Bridgewater brings is are more suited to to Wallace's skills than you know what he had with Ryan Tannehill down there in Miami. So I think he will be better. But I, like I said, I'm all in on Kevin White this year. I really am. Uh, Tough to be better than it's also uh, Mike Wall. Everybody always wants to win the breakup. So you know, Mike Wallace is going to be motivated this year <laughs> to show the Dolphins what they cast aside. Interesting. Um, uh, I right now their ADPs. Kevin White's round eight. Mike Wallace round thirteen. I'd definitely rather take Wallace at that at price than yeah. uh, Kevin White in round eight. Um, I'm a little worried. I was everybody always talks about John Fox, and I've even said it. I think too, not using his uh, rookie wide receivers as much. Uh, it's all over the board. I gotta like do a little more research and compile this all, all these numbers. But there were three instances in his last like six or seven rookie wide receivers where they had uh, almost seventy targets each. So hmm. he has used them before. However, with Eddie Royal there. Matt Forte, Martellus Bennett. Right. Just get a little more worried that in the passing game, Kevin White's going to eat right away, um, and especially at the round 13 price range. I like Wallace there. Yeah, that's a that's a hefty price tag for, for Kevin White. Uh, I mean, I get it. He's Mike Evans. He's I, I get Mike it. Evans. I get it. I just don't want to pay that price to get him. Uh, if I could get him in round 12 and get that upside, I'd do it all day. What if I told you? <laughs> <laughs> what if I told you that he would give you Mike Evans' numbers? You would pay an eighth-round price for this guy. NFL Fantasy Presents. Uh, you know, exactly. <laughs> All right. And by the way, you can do mock drafts right now, NFL.com slash fantasy. All right. It is time for a new segment. It's called Your Daily Dose of Daps. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hugs. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps about daps all right, daily dap. This that is what was, it is. Wait, did you edit that? Did you did you cut that yourself? I cut that myself with your one hand and everything. <laughs> wow, awesome! <laughs> I'm going to give you a dap. Seriously, that. That wow! I was uh, just yes, like, oh, I did extra, cut extra that. read all about it, and then it went. <laughs> oh, we, oh, yeah, absolutely. Daily daps, man. So I, I want I want the the the, the podcast listeners. If you want to get your daily dap. Uh, on the podcast, by all means, just use the hashtag uh, at tweet us and use the hashtag uh, daily daps. And, D-A-P-S. Uh, D-A-P-S. And it's basically just props, man. Yeah, so man. it's it, it's it's our, our weekly props uh, of the week. Uh, I think that was redundant, but that's fine. Uh, props of the week. And we'll start with you, Marcus Grant. Who are you giving your daily dap to? Well, I'm going – I'm giving a shout-out to the folks at Reddit. Uh, I know that Reddit is uh, maligned sometimes for good reason. Yes. There are some folks who are not so nice there. But right. – uh, 
This is a little piece of gold. I mean, you know, we have all been, or at least most of us, watching True Detective, suffering through it as a okay. group, the second season of True Detective. It hasn't really been good, but it has been amusing in its own special way, mostly because of Frank Simeon, the character played by Vince Vaughn, who has some just awful, terrible, terrible lines to say in pretty much every episode. <laughs> and it's gotten to the point now that some folks on Reddit have created a subreddit where you can just make up fake Frank Simeon lines. So solid. They're so good. I've got a few of them here to read. Some of them are are NSFW, but I'll give you the ones <laughs> the ones that I can read on this podcast without getting us in trouble. Okay. I'm gonna give you my best Vince Vaughn. It's not very good, but I'll give you my oh, best man, Vince Vaughn anyway. Great. I wish we had a laugh track for this. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> no, you don't. Let okay. it be. You think you can just put your foot through the door and head straight for the ice cream buffet? Well, guess what? They only have mango. And I'll tell you what. If you're that naive to expect life to just hand you some rocky road like that, like it ain't nothing, then you deserve every bit of that mango. <laughs> uh, my next one. That's pretty good, Marcus Grant. My next one. That is pretty good, man. Life's like a box of chocolate. Well, guess what, Ray? I'm a dog. I'll die if I eat chocolate. Casper knew this. <laughs> and then uh, here's the last one. <laughs> here's the, the, one, the one that was kind of the consensus favorites oh, uh, among the fantasy editorial so staff. That's a plus one right there. The one that was the, cons- the consensus favorite among the fantasy editorial staff. Oh. Some people say it's not the size of the boat, but rather the motion of the ocean. Well, guess what, Ray? I can't even swim. Never even had a bath. <laughs> you Your go. deliveries. Oh God, that's just, solid. I, I'm hey, guessing he how do we follow? How do we follow that? <laughs> well, here's what I'll do. I'll buffer my daily dap by uh, throwing in Fabs because he had to leave. Fabs okay. wanted to give a daily uh, our daily dap to uh, John Cena, who last night on Monday Night Raw performed got his, hurt, got his nose broken to right. all sorts of ways and directions, and was bleeding everywhere, and still finished the match. And I think he said one. So Fab's big WWE fan wanted to give his daily dap to John Cena. Mine I'm going to give to a film I saw over the weekend, Love and Mercy. It is the uh, indie movie that uh, profiles Brian Wilson, the uh, genius behind all of the best Beach Boys hits, and his struggles with his genius and addictions, and then how he was also manipulated later in life by people that were trying to take advantage of him. It sheds a lot of light on a story, angles I didn't even know, uh, and it gave me a new appreciation for the Beach Boys. Name of the movie. Uh, Love and Mercy. Love and Mercy. Got and Paul Dano, John Cusack, Elizabeth Banks, Paul Giamatti. Check it out if you can. It might be out of theater soon, but hopefully to a red box near you. And Kevin Love plays himself. Uh, yes. He's just kind of <laughs> always in the background shooting hoops. <laughs> like when they're at the beach shooting Beach Boy videos, Kevin Love's just in there working on his mid-range. Oh, he's the he's the killer in Too Many Cooks. That's what he is. He's just always <laughs> in the background. He's back. just always hanging around there. All right, All right cool. Co, the creator, what's your... What's Daily Dap, man. You know, it's funny. I, I came up with the idea. I didn't, I didn't really have like a timely one, but I, I will say this. You know, I've been, been spending a lot of time uh, in recovery. Um, and, and it's afforded me an opportunity to listen to a lot of my music again. So that's been cool. Uh, and I got to say, you know, th- this was probably inspired by the Cleveland loss in the NBA Finals, but I've been listening to a lot of Machine Gun Kelly. I forgot about some of his earlier works, and so my daily dap goes out to MGK. Uh, some of his early mixtape stuff, man. It was um, really, really, really good. Uh, he's um, And so, yeah, I've, I've been listening to him for a long time, and, and he's helped me. Uh, a little bit in my recovery. So there you go. Uh, nice. I'll give my daily dap to MGK. Uh, we got a lot of social stuff going out there. I like it, man. This is good. And again, uh, at tweet us and, and hit us with that hashtag uh, daily daps. And we will get your daily dap on the air for Marcus Grant and the whiz kid, Alex Galehar. I'm James Coe. You've been listening to the NFL fantasy live podcast. We'll catch you next week.
you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Tired of restless nights? At Lisa, we know good sleep is essential for mental, physical, and emotional health. From memory foam mattresses to hybrids that keep you cool all night long, Lisa's mattresses offer exceptional comfort and support with free delivery and 100 nights to try out your mattress in the comfort of your home. For a limited time, save up to $700 off select mattresses plus two free pillows. Go to lisa.com slash iHeart for an additional $50 off mattresses and select goods. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details.